You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Montreal, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, and we are just so glad to be here with you today. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, also the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and uh, I'm joined each and every week by a pretty tremendous co-host, and uh, he also happens to be our founder and editor-in-chief, and that would be Rick Stevens. How are you this afternoon, sir? Well, I'm tremendously happy to be here. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's your perky. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far, but I'm very happy to be here. There must be good things happening in in hockey to make you so excited to be here. Well, um, there's potential. Really? That's what I hear. There's potential. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If the Canadians could only score... Yeah. Something might happen. What about the other Canadian uh, series? The um, the other Canadian series is over, and uh, we have uh, a uh, there was a sweep that <gasps> occurred. Uh huh. Edmonton. Con- Connor McDavid is not a happy boy today. Oh. Um, both he and Leon Drysaddle bounced by the Winnipeg Jets Yikes. in four games. Wow. The Jets moving on. That's pretty impressive for Winnipeg. It is. Um, uh, an awful lot of overtimes last <laughs> night. Uh, finished after two Eastern. Nice. Uh, and the, the whiteout was working, I guess. Uh, yeah, in, I liked that the they win- did the whiteout in the arena, even though there aren't fans there. Yeah. Yeah, that was a nice idea. I thought so, too. I like it. Well, you know, playoffs are pretty fun. It's playoff time all over the place. Uh, basketball is, uh, the NBA is currently in playoffs as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of the basketball playoffs, DraftKings is going to have $20,000 in total prizes up for dra- up for grabs. And the best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free plate, uh, sorry, Two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. 
All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what do you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and then track your results as you watch during the evening. Questions range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Remember, code THPN. That stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. That's just uh, one of the perks of us being affiliated with the Hockey Podcast Network, sponsored by DraftKings. um, And uh, we pass along those opportunities to you, our loyal listeners. Shout out to our friends, Isha and Dylan at the Hockey Podcast Network. Stephen at Amaze Media Labs, um, fine folks to work with. They really are. They're pretty fun. They do a great job. Um, we have hockey to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Well, we're a hockey podcast, so that kind of makes sense. Is this is is this the level of snark I get when you stay up <laughs> till two in the morning watching the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah. Well, then I it was two fifteen, and then the the uh-huh. pressers and, oh. and yeah, okay. Blake Wheeler had a yeah some. Memorable comments. <laughs> uh, whether his wife played? knows it or not, they're not having kids. No anymore. more kids. No more there. kids. Yeah, so. Three and done. Whether she said so or not, apparently. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, we've got some Montreal Canadiens business to talk about today. The Habs are in the midst of their playoff series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how that's going um, in terms of the lineup choices that Dominic Ducharme has been making. Um, and some head scratchers at that, uh, including questions going into uh, game four tonight and, and probably essentially, um, game five on, on Thursday, um, as well as, you know, kind of talking about that sets up a question that Rick actually kind of began to pose to our team in our, in our team Slack conversation this week. And that's what is next for the youth in the Montreal Canadiens organization, not just the young guys playing up top in the NHL, but the top tier prospects in the AHL. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of dive into that topic a little bit and just have a little bit of a back and forth about the state of the youth crew uh, in the Canadiens organization, how they're being served right now, and and questions that we have about what's going to be the plan for next season for these young guys um and and will they be utilized to the best of their ability um so we're going to do a, a little bit of um a little bit of opinion a little bit of analysis a little bit of projection that kind of thing um it's a great uh, kind of a great setup uh for for the off season. Uh, and then in our second segment, we're going to go around the AHL. Believe it or not, we've got a lot of AHL news to cover today. Um, some, some uh, award winners for the season for the AHL have come out, including the all rookie team, which has just been announced. Uh, the Pacific division playoffs are, uh, the final is set. The final matchup is set. We're going to tell you about that. Uh, the Seattle Kraken, 
have entered the chat. They uh, they have uh, made a, a big hire for their yet-to-be-named AHL franchise. Uh, so there's some AHL movement for the Seattle Kraken. Um, and we've talked previously about the fact that there's a number of new ECHL franchises entering that league this coming season. Uh, of course, one of them is Trois-Rivières um, in, uh, in Quebec. Um which we don't know the name of that team yet. However, one of the other f- new franchises has revealed their name, their logo, and their branding uh, package. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, give you a little sneak peek as to what's coming up next week, because it's going to be a pretty fun show, and uh, send you on your merry way to enjoy the playoffs tonight uh, with a great feel-good finale. Sounds like a great show to me. It sounds like a great show to me. So let's talk about those Montreal Canadiens. Um, they are three games into the series against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they are trailing two to one in the series to the Leafs. They did manage to uh, split the first two games in Toronto. Uh, a big win for the for the Habs to come out with a victory in the first game of the season. Uh, that's kind of what they needed to do. Um, but... Lost the second one pretty handily, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and I and I kind of sarcastically chuckled and said, "Okay, everyone was really excited when they won the first game. What if they get swept for games two through five, and just go loss, 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 loss?" Well, they uh, they lost again last night on the first. Uh, first game on home ice at the Bell Center. Uh, it was a it was a tight game. It was a they they lost two to one. But um, Rick, what a, what's your general consensus before we get into the the lineup decisions that Dominic Ducharme is has been making? What's your general consensus of what you've seen from the overall play, aside from the fact that no one should ever 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 complain about how much Carey Price is being paid ever again? For the team in front of Gary Price, what's your overall consensus about what you're seeing from them so far? Well, it's yeah, the the team has been Gary Price. The team yeah. has been Gary Price this playoffs, certainly last playoff. Gary uh, Price carried uh, the team past Pittsburgh and and uh, you know a pretty good challenge against the Flyers. Um, there isn't a lot past that, and 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 that's what. The concern is, particularly on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the game last night, um, a graphic was was put up uh, that, um, and and this goes back to 2014, um, that uh, Carey Price has the lowest goal support of any goaltender uh, over those uh, past several years. Um, mm. He's doing his job. Uh, but the the way the team has been constructed, uh, the way the team has been constructed and then uh, coached, the 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 style of play, um, they're just not able to to compete um, unless you know unless it's a shutout kind of thing because they can't score. And again, um, you know you know the the Canadians aren't. Um, aren't scoring, aren't, uh, competing. Um, and, and, you know, there's some, uh, there's some disappointment, um, 
you know, there's so much has been talked about over uh, the last two seasons about the Canadians top line and, and the Montreal media likes to talk about them as one of the best lines, best top lines in all of the NHL based on their possession numbers. But when push comes to shove, they really haven't been there. Uh, the, so that would make Phil Deneau the top line center. Phil Deneau and all of his uh, five goals uh, this season, you know, no contributions on the power play uh, at all during the season. Uh, Thomas Tatar, uh, who not too long ago, you know, was uh, the, the Canadians' top goal scorer, but has a history of disappearing in the playoffs, and he, he has disappeared again this playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan Gallagher, who was a no-show for... Uh, last year's uh, play-in round and the playoff. And remember, very famously, Kirk Muller sat him for a third period, Mm -hmm. uh, benched him, and and, uh, and he wasn't very happy about it and and put in a more inspired effort. Uh, But by then, the series was was over. Well, Brendan Gallagher has been nowhere to be seen in this series. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, he's coming back from an injury, um, and he had that rehab... Uh, conditioning stint in in one game in in Laval and um, after game one he complained that you know he he just wasn't he didn't have his legs he didn't uh, he, he didn't feel um, ready for that game but he's had two games since then and and mm-hmm. with not much more, more uh, uh, result um, so for me you're not even seeing Brendan Gallagher play like Brendan Gallagher no. Like I don't, you know, and and I don't think that's necessarily a, a result of not having your legs. You're just not seeing him crash the net as much. You're not seeing him get in under guys' skin. Like it's like the spark of Brendan Gallagher right now is a little tamped down. And I don't know if that's just he's he's too much in his head trying to get back to 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 fit physical condition or what. But it's he just doesn't look like himself. So that leaves that role to that energy role to Josh Anderson. And, and we've seen he's got a goal in, in three games. Uh, and we've seen him provide some energy and some physical play at times, but it's not Mm-mm. consistent. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's been really disappointing. Uh, 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 Jeff Petrie, mm-hmm. uh, where's Jeff Petrie? Uh, he hasn't, uh, in three games, he doesn't have a point in, in the series and, no. and has been, um, you know, a, 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 a significant contributor during the season. So, um, it, it's, it's been disappointing. Nick Suzuki has a goal. Yes. Barry Kotkaniemi, even though he's only played two games, has a goal, uh, Tyler Toffoli has a couple of assists, but the leading scorer during the season, he hasn't scored yet. Um, it, it's, in fact, do they have, do they just, wait, how many goals do they have over three games? It's not many. Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not very good. It's, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. It's just, so yeah, Toffoli's got a couple of assists. He's had some looks, but, you know. So the goal scorers are Suzuki uh, Anderson, Kakinyemi, and Paul Byron, that very memorable. Oh, he had the uh, shorthanded goal. <laughs> shorthanded game winner. Um, but that has been that has been uh, the, the the goal scoring. Um, and it's been uh, the other issue is that uh, the Canadians have been gifted uh, power play time and have done nothing with it. And 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 last night's game uh, within the first minute Alex Galchenik uh, a double minor 
uh, stick to the face of Brendan Gallagher, um, drew blood. Uh, so the Canadians had a four-minute uh, power play to start the game um, and got nothing. Uh, they didn't even get a shot on goal, not a single shot on goal in four minutes. And I don't um, think they did in the second power play either, did they? The second power play came um, towards the, the midway part of the, the uh, period. And uh, so in six minutes, they didn't get a shot on goal. And in the first half of the second period, they only had two shots on goal within the first 10 minutes of the, of, I mean, by the time you hit the halfway point of the, of the game last night, they had eight shots on goal total. Well, they, they couldn't get out of their own and <laughs> out of their own zone. And, and, uh, uh, Dominic Ducharme was asked about the forecheck, uh, you know, what happened to the forecheck? And he said, well, you can't have a forecheck if you're stuck, can't get the puck out of your own end. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the the Leafs peppered uh, Carey Price with I think it was twenty shots in the second period, uh, and he had to be spectacular yet again. And that's just it. I mean, and, and anyone there is no one who can deny that Carey Price was a standout last night, and he has been in a cut in, in a, every single game. In yeah. every single game, yeah. he's making saves that are, look inhumanly possible. Um, you know, there was a wide open net last night. There is no reason the Leafs should not have scored on that attempt where he made the flying, flying sprawl across and angled his stick just right to deflect the. There's no other goaltender that every every other time that's in the back of the net. Um, so aside from Carey Price, as you say, you're not getting anything up front. And was it somebody yesterday on Twitter said that? Carey Price needs to steal a game for them or was actually it might have been I might have been listening to the god-awful NHL network coverage right before the game uh, which is just it sounds better when it's muted um, and and someone one of the analysts um, said Carey Price is gonna have to steal a game for the Canadians <laughs> and well, I and I yelled at my TV I'm like what do you think he's trying to do? But with if his team isn't scoring, there's not much he can do. Well, and and uh, he's already checked that box. Game one, check game one. Well, uh, yeah, it already happened. Like you have he? Would you like him to go down the ice and score as well? Because he'd be glad to do so. Um, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure Tristan Jari would love to have Carey Price's puck handling abilities, seeing as the unfortunate way the Penguins lost their double overtime game um, with him mishandling the puck. Um, so so the offense isn't scoring, and the defense is doing okay, I guess. I mean, they're, you know, it's hard to even, I don't know, Carey Price is the one who's le- making sure the pucks don't go in. I think... Um, you know, it's it's obvious if it weren't for Carey Price, the goal differential on each of these games would be a lot higher. And and Matthews and Marner and, and those guys would have a lot more uh, goals to their names so far. But I think as time goes on in this series, that's going to get harder and harder because I the Leafs are tasting blood now. Um, and I don't know what John Merrill... I guess this leads us kind of to the beginning of Dominic Ducharme's lineup um, decisions and choices that he's made thus far. And we'll start on the back end. Uh, We haven't seen Romanoff yet this series. There's a question 
as to whether or not he'll draw in tonight. Um, is John Merrill doing anything for you in this series? No. No. Not at all. As you said, Petrie's been a, been a ghost of himself. I mean, Weber's been uh, solid in his in his own zone, but there's not a lot. I mean, there's only so much you can do. Um, I just what? Why not have Romanoff out there? Why why not put Romanoff in last night? That's what I don't get. Dominic Ducharme said that. Um he went through this whole complicated analogy about playing cards and I think he got <laughs> lost in, in his own, his, his own story. Um, but, but it was basically that, um, I know what I can, what, what to expect out of John Merrill because he has a, a resume. Um, it's not a good one. And he, and, and he's, you know, Descharmes doesn't, get to expect good things from John Merrill, but he knows what to expect. And mm-hmm. that that uh, Romanoff is a bit more of a wild card. He's not sure uh, what's going to happen. Um, I, I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't buy that. Um, no. You know, um, Romanoff played 54 games um, and uh, Ducharme was there for every single one of them. Um you know the the Canadians burnt uh, a year of the con. It was so important to give um, Romanov the experience of the playoffs and of the bubble last year that they brought him to Toronto when he was ineligible to play, just to be around the team, just to be around the team and to to get that experience so that he would be ready to play games this year. Um, and then they bench him. And 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 then he plays fifty four games. You know exactly what he brings, and then you bench him for the playoffs. It makes no sense at all, uh, particularly with um, you know Gustafson hasn't seen a game and shouldn't, um, and uh, Merrill has has not been um, the, the defensive uh, player that he's been advertised to be. He's not been very good at all. Um, so uh, yeah, Romanov. Romanov should be there. You know, Ben Sherrod has struggled, mm-hmm. um, but but they've been, you know, the the uh, the pairings were all messed up uh, uh, with what had existed over the 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 regular season. Um, Sherrod and was separated from Shea Weber until last night. Um, so you know, things are. are He's thrown pairings and 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 line trios together, uh, and expected them uh, with no playing time, uh, with no history, with no chemistry to to just gel, and it 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 really hasn't worked for the offense or the defense. It's it's a bigger, it's a bigger look at what we just talked about a, a week or two ago about why Kakenyemi's had struggles this season. That was one isolated player who we talked about has had no consistency with his line mates all season in order to develop chemistry well now you've blown you blow that up to the entire team and you're getting the same results you're getting lines and and defensive pairings who can't find chemistry and can't put things together and put points on the board so i mean it's a glaring issue um you take it to to the forward group and my goodness i mean I was even messaging you yesterday after yesterday's practice and and we were talking about the Lions and you said, was this pull a name out of the hat day? Um, 
I mean, not only are the lines mixed up, then there was the Kakinami didn't play in the first game. And the only reason he drew in was because of an injury. Um, and then you've got Caulfield, who finally drew in last night. Um, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on the decisions overall that, that, that Ducharme is making? Um, it, it seems like the first round of the playoffs is not the time to start experimenting with all sorts of wacky combinations. Yeah, he... he... He seems like he he's trying to prove that he's smarter than everyone else, mm. um, and that uh, this experimentation uh, that he knows something that nobody else knows, and and it's it's fallen flat. Um, it really has. Um, with with Kotkaniemi playing every game this season and then being held out, that was a poor decision. Romanoff playing 54 games and being held out, that was a poor decision. I actually understand Cole Caulfield sure. because he only played a handful of games um, to end this, this season. And uh, the playoffs are a whole different um, beast. Mm -hmm. um, he was fortunate to get into the game last night because, uh, as it turned out, the Canadians were uh, chasing the game. Uh, so yeah. it was, um, you know, there was a Caulfield... Um, could be free to to uh, uh, with the, the Leafs falling back in the third period, the Canadians taking it to them. Um, uh, Caulfield was able to roam and shoot and and do all that he normally does. There wasn't any kind of heavy play. Well, there was there was one mm. one or two where um, he went to retrieve the puck behind the net. Saw he was going to experience contact. And just bypassed, just skated right by the puck. Uh, he wasn't going to have any part of that. Uh, he and can't do that. <laughs> not at this point. He's he he needs to bulk up um, to play a regular role in the NHL. And uh, but but a chase game um, that was kind of well suited. And it, and they were at home, so he could be sheltered uh, somewhat. Um, he's he's not ready. He's still very one-dimensional at the NHL level, and he's he's not ready for a regular role uh, during the regular season, and he's not ready for it in in the playoffs. So, all of that makes sense to me. Um, but to have somebody in there to who who can score goals when the Canadians are having so much trouble first creating opportunities and then finishing them um, that that made sense for Game Three. It sure did. Um, wasn't too keen. I don't think I was the only one uh, on some of his comments pregame yesterday about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming in to see if I can be a spark, um, do what I do best and that kind of thing. Well, they had plenty of power play opportunity uh, and he was on the first. He was on the second wave, um, saw him out first wave a couple of times um, and as we as we talked about, for the first six minutes of power play time that the Canadians had, they didn't even get a shot on goals. So uh, for being the, you know, he likes to set up in his office on the power play. He didn't get through. Um, he had a couple of he had a couple of looks. Um, he had a crossbar. He played he almost did. sixteen minutes, three shots on goal. Um, it was it was okay. It, it was, was fine. Right. Yeah, it was okay. Um, before we transition to. What okay? So what does this mean for for the youth for next year? The way you know Kakinemi was handled coming into the playoffs here, and and the way he was handled all season long. Before we get to all of those kinds of things, I just want to make one 
comment about something you just said a minute ago, and you were talking about uh, it, when talking about Romanov, Dominic Ducharme weaved his way into some playing card analogy and got lost in it somewhere, which which brings me back to um, his his communication ability. I just want to remind everyone when Dominic when when Julian was fired and Dominic Ducharme was promoted to interim head coach. Mark Bergevin talked about in his press conference, and we had we talked about it here that he said it, and it was uh, you probably even played the audio for it on Canadians Connection that week uh, with Joe Whalen. Mark Bergevin and all of all of the pundits that wanted to talk about why Dominic Ducharme was going to be so tremendous as the interim head coach. Mark Bergevin talked about what a great communicator he was, and on this program and on the Canadians Connection, we said, "Stop the presses." No, he's not. He has told us to our face when covering World Juniors. He's he's not a fan of doing press conferences. Um, and and it's something that, you know, others, players and, and things have mentioned that it's he he struggles with communication. We said, okay, let's give it a shot. Now having listened to his press conferences day in and day out. I'm going to wager a bet that there's a lot of people listening to this podcast now who say, who is Mark Bergevin kidding that this guy's a good communicator? Because he's not. And it frightens me if he's that bad at communicating with the media. I, I, we talk about this all the time, Rick. How well is he communicating with his players? How well is, uh, particularly the young guys who, you know, the, the older guys, the veterans kind of can, can, wrap their head around concepts that, that a coach is trying to get across to them, but can the youth do that? I don't know. Um, I just think it's something that needs to be pointed out that he's, he's failing in the communications department. And I, and I don't I, like, stop trying to pull the wool over everyone's eyes that he's a good communicator because he's not. Well, and, and it's not a language issue because he's a poor communicator in both languages. Um, that said, um, it, in the National Hockey League, the language of communication is English. Uh, so you have to be an excellent communicator in English uh, to communicate with your players. Um, and um, But as I said, he's, he's, he doesn't communicate well in either language. And part of it is um, he's just not uh, a com- uh, the kind of coach that commands a room. He's a bit timid. He's a bit shy. Um, he... he, um, he feels uncomfortable uh, and has trouble putting together his um, his thoughts. Maybe he's a good strategist, and, and he has to be to be. Mm-hmm. have uh, been uh, somewhat successful in junior hockey. Um, and and maybe there's, you know, a, a difference when communicating with 16- and 17-year-old kids rather than uh, pros and, and adults. Um, but it's uh, an area of, of, um, of his... Uh, of of his res- well his qualities that uh, uh, we pointed out and uh, and and that wasn't just our, our own observation it's no. talking to people that that uh, cover uh, the queue on a daily basis that's right and uh, it, it was well known and and <laughs> and there were some snickers when when uh, Mark Bergevin said what he did because it just it just it just simply wasn't true it wasn't true and we're glad that people are finally seeing oh okay so that was a that was a that was a load of 
hooey. <laughs> um, so, so that just takes us to our other topic that we want to talk about in this segment. And that's, okay, so we see how Dominic Ducharme and Julian before him were, were handling uh, the, the young prospects, both on the NHL team and, and what was, you know, kind of the groundwork that was being laid for the top prospects down in the AHL. We're talking the Ryan Palings, the Kale Fleury's, um, you know, the, the Lucas Vedemos, the, the Josh Brooks to some extent, um, you know, th- these kinds of guys. Yes, he alone can, can, can go in there at this point after the season that he had. Um, up top, you know, you're looking at Kakinyemi, you're looking at Suzuki, you're looking at Cole Caulfield, you're uh, you're looking at Alexander Romanov. Um, the things that were in place this year in terms of the youth in the Montreal Canadiens organization, the only thing that I will say that worked well was that it was better for, and we've you've pointed this out in past shows. It was better. It was a better decision for them to allow Paling and Flurry and Vedamo and Brooke to be downplaying in the AHL rather than sitting idle on the taxi squad. It was one of the fewer um, AHL teams that did not lose their top tier prospects to the NHL taxi squad. And instead they got good game time and experience uh, playing in the AHL. So I agree with how that went, but now because those players all performed well in the AHL this year, that sets up uh, a lot of competition for roster spots in the fall for guys who could considerably uh, earn a spot. And Rick, let's say uh, you add two or three more prospects in addition to what's already on the NHL team to to the NHL roster next season. What needs to change next year to be sure that that young, new generation, that youth movement, the future of the Habs is utilized in a proper way next year to ensure success for them and the team? Well, that a hockey decision is made uh, with respect to the Canadians' um, unrestricted and, res- and restricted free agents. Um, there, there's one decision that will will kind of set things in motion. Um, Philip Deneau is the most overrated uh, Montreal Canadian, and he may be one of the, the most overrated players in the National Hockey League. We've heard people compare him to Patrice Bergeron, Bergeron and, and, and others, and, and um, that's just that's utter nonsense. Uh, Philip Deneau has uh, had a poor season, a terrible season, mm-hmm. yet he, he continues day in and day out um, to get uh, top line minutes, he he, he centers the the top line. Uh, he's averaging almost twenty minutes in the playoffs uh, a game, um, and uh, you know he doesn't contribute uh, and didn't during the year uh, offensively. Uh, not, certainly not in the way that a top line center should, uh, and he hasn't this past year contributed defensively either. Um, he, he hasn't been able to, to shut down lines. He is his face-off percentage, not his face-off percentage overall, but his face-off percentage, uh, in the defensive zone, his defensive zone face-offs, his, uh, uh, face-offs on the penalty kill. Um, they've been in the, the, the 30% range, 35%, 38% range. Um, he's failing at that. He's a minus three currently, um, 
during the uh, the the three game playoff and and has his lost faceoffs have led to goals. Um, Philip Deneau has to move on. The Canadians have to let him move on. Um, and then, uh, then build around the centers uh, that they have in the organization, and then everything else kind of falls into place. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens at training camp. I, I truly believe Paling and Vedamo are ready for the NHL. Um, I think room needs to be made for them. I, I don't know how much more. I mean, they can always learn. But I don't really don't know how much more they have to gain from spending more time in the American League. Um, I think Kale Fleury is ready, but I think he starts in the AHL uh, because he's had such an inconsistent season due to injury. I think he needs to get some playing time, but I see him getting a, a call up um, first quarter of the season goes by and then gets called up. Josh Brook, probably a little bit longer. I think he has some things he needs to build on. Yessi Alonen could could contend. I mean, it would be early for him. I think he probably stays in the AHL, but he could see a call up during the year. These are all guys, it is their time. And as you're looking at expiring contracts, as you're looking at your Denos, as you're looking at your Druans, um, and you've got all of these these guys that you brought into the trade that, you know, you're looking at just contracts that don't need to be there. Um, it's time to start making room, making plans for your top prospects before they start to get fidgety because right is that that's what you want to avoid that's what that's what right now those top prospects feel good about the season that they had they were on a winning team they all said i grew a lot this year this was some of my best hockey um, there were so many things I learned. There were so many things that got better. I know exactly what I need to do in the off season. They're primed to make that jump. You leave them stale for, and stagnant for too long. Then there's going to be that dissatisfaction that creeps in, that frustration that creeps in. Um, and that's not serving them well, setting them up into making that NHL transition. And it's not serving the team well either. Um, you know, sitting Romanoff, sitting Kakanyemi, like these, those, you should be playing those guys, give them the opportunity in the first game and see what they do. If they're a complete disaster for some reason, then you've got justification to have them go into the press box and bring in the guys that have a little more NHL experience. Uh, for me, I'm just a little concerned because it seems Dominic Ducharme has done it completely opposite. And and how, as the, season, as the series progresses, how can you justify bringing in your youth to see what they can do when potentially your playoff life is on the line? Um, so, Rick, my fingers are really crossed that the habits that we're seeing this year uh, aren't going to carry over into next season. I think a lot of that is going to have to do with who's behind the bench for the Montreal Canadiens next year. And at this point, the, Dominic Ducharme has done nothing, zero, no. uh, to to claim that uh, that head catch, coaching uh, role. Absolutely not. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think about it. Of course, be sure to tweet us at the AHL report. Uh, we would love to hear what your thoughts are uh, on the playoffs, on Ducharme's decisions, on the youth movement and where they're going next year. We always would love to hear from our listeners. Uh, and what we're going to do right now is now take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a lot of AHL news to bring to catch you up on. We've got award winners. We've got the Pacific Division playoffs, Seattle Kraken making some moves and even some new ECHL franchise news. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with all of that and more right after this. 
The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And uh, should also remind you, be sure you're following us on Twitter, at the AHL Report, at the Press Zone. In fact, you can even find uh, Rick and I on Twitter. You can find Rick at All Habs, uh, and you can find me at Flyers rule. And in this segment, uh, we're going to go around the AHL. Lots of AHL news, believe it or not. Um, some awards coming out. First off, let's uh, let's talk about the John B. Sullenberger Trophy and the Willie Marshall Award. Um, those are two of the, the most prestigious offensive awards uh, that the league hands out at the end of the season. Uh, Rick, it is uh, Andrew Podorowski from the San Diego Gulls winning the John B. Sullenberger Trophy as the leading point getter in the AHL this season. And uh, let's see, uh, Cooper Marodi from the Bakersfield Condors wins the w Willie Marshall Award as the AHL's leading goal scorer this year. Uh, he had 21 goals on the season, tied for third in overall scoring. Um, and Podorowski, as the leading points getter, uh, ended up with 43 points this year, nine goals and 34 assists. Pretty, pretty solid season for both of those guys. For sure. Podorowski, more of a prototypical playmaker, nine goals, 34 assists, uh, more balance for, uh, Cooper Marodi, 21 goals and 15 assists. Absolutely. So congratulations to both of them. Uh, just earlier today, the AHL announced the 2020-21 AHL All-Rookie Team, uh, as voted by coaches, players, and media in each of the 28 active member cities. Um, mostly Western Conference, uh, which is uh, 
Might be surprising for some fans in the Eastern Conference, but uh, only one Eastern Conference representative, uh, and that would be forward Connor McMichael from the Hershey Bears. Uh, he's joined by forward Riley Damiani from the Texas Stars and forward Phil Tomasino from the Chicago Wolves. Uh, on the back end, Kalen Addison from the Iowa Wild and Max Gilden from the Bakersfield Condors. And the all-rookie goaltender would be none other than Logan Thompson from the Henderson Silver Knights. Um he had a great season. He really did. Um, the 23 games, uh, goals against 196, Two. save percentage of 943. Two shutouts. It's a pretty good season for Logan Hender- Logan Thompson. I just almost said Logan Henderson. He plays for Henderson. Henderson. His name is Logan Thompson. Doesn't play for Thompson. <laughs> That's in Manitoba. Just, just be quiet. <laughs> the junior league. <laughs> uh, we've talked about how great of a season Connor McMichael has had for the Hershey Bears. Uh, 33 games played, 14 goals, 13 assists, uh, plus six on the season, six power play goals, eight game-winning goals by a rookie. I mean, it's just tremendous. Um, Max Gilden from the Condors, uh, 19 points, a plus 16 Overall, uh, they've had a pretty good season. Uh, Kalen Addison for a defenseman out of 31 games played 22 points, six goals and 16 assists and a plus seven on the year. I mean, just um, really, really tremendous. Uh, Phil Tomasino, 32 points plus 20. (laughs) <laughs> what a season. I think Chicago That's did all right. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so really tremendous uh, group of rookies there. Pay attention to those six names. You are going to hear them uh, not only in a- AHL coverage uh, coming up next season, but I guarantee you're going to hear those names in the NHL sooner rather than later. So congratulations to all of them. Um, and the all-star teams for the AHL are going to be announced uh, later this week, uh, the the season-ending uh, all-star teams. And so we'll have that announcement next week of, of who makes the division all-star teams. Uh, we'll, we'll be sure to bring that to you next week. Um, moving along, the, uh, let's see here, the Pacific Division, yep, they are still in action. And they have set up the final. The final is going to be the Condors versus the Henderson Silver Knights. All right. Uh, the uh, the Condors uh, managed to beat the San Diego Gulls again in overtime. Um, Captain Brad Malone bearing a rebound about seven minutes into overtime sends the Bakersfield Condors to the finals with a 2-1 win over San Diego. Um, And that was after back-to-back come-from-behind OT wins (laughs) to eliminate the goals. Um, So they're going to take on the Henderson Silver Knights. It's going to be a best-of-three series for the division championship. So they'll they'll be finished and wrapped up with that by this weekend. So we will also know uh, the result of that for next week's show, uh, and we'll be be able to bring you up to date on on how all of that went down. Um, It's a a rather quick postseason, but uh, it kind of... It's it's fun to have a bit of a... Almost a tournament style uh, playoff in in the Pacific Division. Absolutely, yeah, pretty fun. Um, the Seattle Kraken, while they uh, have not uh, joined 
the AHL yet with a franchise of their own, they are making moves. Um, They have hired Troy Bodie as the director of hockey and business ops for their yet-to-be-established AHL franchise, which will be located in Palm Springs, California. Now, they will not play next year yet. They are slated to begin play in 2022-23. Now, you might be thinking, Troy Bodie, do I know that name? Well, you might. Um, He has spent the past three seasons as the director of pro scouting for the Maple Leafs. um, As after he served three years as a pro scout for the Leafs. So six years in scouting for the Maple Leafs. Um, He had a nine-year career. He played in the AHL with Hamilton, uh, Toronto, as well as a bunch of other places. Um, And uh, yeah, he joins as their director of hockey and business ops couple years out from now. Hmm. Well, that's nice for Troy and his wife, Francesca. Francesca? Uh-huh. Francesca. I always wonder how Troy got that that role as uh, the director of pro scouting with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Really? Yeah. Does it have something to do with Francesca? It does. Actually, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Would you like to tell us about it? <laughs> so, um, yes, his wife, Francesca... Um, who's Francesca's father? Oh, gee, if I could only, I can't, it's not coming to me. What's his name? Tim, Tim, that's it. Tim Lewicki. Oh. <laughs> Tim Lewicki is her dad. Uh, no. And so Troy, Troy, uh, his father-in-law is Tim Lewicki. I see. Who's Tim Lewicki? Tim Lewicki, of course, uh, former CEO of MLSE, the Maple Leafs. Uh, ownership, and then he went from there to be the CEO of uh, the organization that runs the Kings, the Lakers, the Galaxy, um, and um, yeah. But what does that have to do with the Kraken? Tim Lewicki, Tim Lewicki, Tim Lewicki. What's his brother's name? Oh, his brother's <laughs> name's Todd. <laughs> Todd Lewicki, the current CEO and president of the Seattle Kraken. Well, hmm. Interesting how that. It's interesting. I'm sure he's going to do a good job, though. He's he's had some experience with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. I yes. just like these connections. I know. Kind of well, fun. you know, hockey is a small community. It's a small community, yep. and a lot of times it uh, it really pays to know who you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the Christmas dinner table. Stop it. <laughs> You'd be nice to our soon-to-be newest franchise uh, in the AHL. Speaking of new franchises, the ECHL, we've talked about this, will be touting three new franchises next season. Uh, And while we don't yet know the name of the one in Trois-Rivières, Quebec, for our Habs fan listeners uh, who are dying to know about that, we do now know uh, the name of the team that will be based in Coralville, Iowa. Uh, Remember, this is one owned by Deacon Sports and Entertainment. Dean McDonald. Dean McDonald. Um, And they are going to be called the Iowa Heartlanders. Um, And I'm going to, now we might have a little bit of a, what we, you know, we're we're bringing out the old All Habs column called Face Off. (laughs) Okay. Where we used to take two contributors. We should bring this back next year. Got to talk to. I'm going to talk to some of our contributors because this was always a fun column. We would take two contributors and ask them who we knew had completely opposite stances on a topic, uh-huh. 
and um, we would ask them to face off in an article together and, and each present their side of the argument. I think that we're going to be recreating that here a little bit. I, uh, and I will happen to say, I know Mike Rashel, our colleague here at Rocket Sports, is in my corner on this. So it's already two to one. <laughs> well, we haven't done a poll or anything. We haven't done a poll, but um, I actually really like the branding package that they came up with for this. Um, they're called the Iowa Heartlanders. Um, and they say a Heartlander is no ordinary breed of buck. They have a, their primary logo logo is a very uh, strong looking uh, male white tailed deer with a, with a really big set of antlers. Uh, it says poised for battle in expression, stance and thorny detailing to capture the essence of our strength, determination and work ethic here in Iowa. Um, the antlered crown adorned in sunrise gold makes it known that we're the mighty Kings of the heartland. Um, and collectively, our colors represent the tradition, toughness, grit, grace, and heart of Hotland, Heartlander hockey. Um, they will also have Iowa's state flower, which is the wild prairie rose, uh, featuring um, heart-shaped coral pink petals and a shining sun um, featured on their jerseys as well. Um, magnificent riches and traditions of our home and the wild spirit of our fans that will continue to grow. The flower blooms every June, which is perfectly timed with the Kelly Cup. Um, and it will serve as their secondary logo featured on the jersey in addition to the primary logo. So um, they are the Iowa Heartlanders. I, I like the logo a lot. I think it's going to look sharp. I, I look forward to seeing what their jersey design is going to look like. Um, so I like it. I think it speaks well to the to the area that the team is going to be based in. Um, will probably resonate well with the fans there. Now we go across the studio to Rick Stevens to find out his opinion. No, I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, okay. a white, white-tailed deer, fine. I don't care. Um, this is the ECHL. Remember the ECHL? We have the... SpongeBob night. We have the, the, the swamp rabbits. We have the... We do. We do. The, 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 the walleye. Uh, uh -huh. um, you know, the gladiators, yeah. the Everblades, whatever that is. Um, so I... I I just don't the heart the Heartlanders at, at least it ends in an S. Uh, you know, it does. I, I don't like the the jazz or the whatever. It, it's got to end in an S and and good. They did that part right. Yeah. Uh, the white-tailed deer, fine. I don't care. But the Heartlanders is just too. Now I know you have to be careful these days, and you don't want to offend people and and whatnot. So they've gone very, you know, correct here. But um, Heartlanders is just it doesn't. The Heartlanders, you know, carry the puck up the ice. It just doesn't roll off the... <laughs> it doesn't... Just, I, well, we'll see what they're... Whoever ends up being their broadcaster is going to have to get used to... And the Prairie Rose, that's that's the provincial flower of Alberta. So there'll be a, a bit of a dispute there, I'm sure. Well, maybe they'll get a lot of Albertan following. I'm sure. They, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure they will. I have the picture of optimism today, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> well, congratulations to the Iowa Heartlanders. Uh, looking forward to seeing uh, your jersey roll out and looking forward to seeing you join the uh, ECHL this coming season. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Speaking of fun, you aren't going to want to miss next week's 
episode of the press zone you want to know why because by then we'll, we told you you know the the all-star ahl year-end teams are going to be announced we'll know who's won the pacific division by then the, the ahl season will officially be wrapped up uh and who better to join us on the show to talk about the official wrap-up of the season other than our friend and colleague patrick williams yes he's going to be joining us on the show for an exclusive interview we're going to talk about everything with the wrap-up of the AHL season and what is on the immediate horizon here in the offseason. It's going to be a great conversation. We always have a blast when Patrick joins us on the show, so you don't want to miss it. And we're going to ask him what he thinks of the Heartlanders. All right. We're going to ask him what he thinks of the Heartlanders. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bet that Patrick's going to be very diplomatic be in his answer. <laughs> Fine, yeah. I think so. I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> um, the one thing I know uh, I am, I, I do want to ask him about, I saw him tweeting today about um, even more coaches talking about wanting to uh, take a new look at the agreement between the CHL and the AHL about letting, letting players play in the AHL, in the AHL. I think that's going to be an interesting conversation that's going to come up this summer. So uh, we'll touch on that for sure and lots of other stuff. So you don't want to miss next week's episode. Uh, you know, the press zone comes out every Tuesday. Rick, the best way for them to be sure that they don't miss that episode or any other is to do what? Presszone.com. Mm-hmm. Thepresszone.com. And go back and and that has our archive and or the presszone.fm is uh, is somewhere else you can find all the the, the back catalog of episodes and and make sure you subscribe in which, whichever um, podcast app you like listening and, and like using um, use the subscribe subscribe and you'll get every uh, episode from now on that's right subscribe that's that's the easiest way to do it that way you don't even have to remember to go looking for it every week. It'll just come to you. Be sure you hit the notifications so that you always know um, whether you listen on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, uh, you name it, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon. It's 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 out there everywhere that you can listen to your favorite podcast. So make sure you do that and be sure to join us next week. Uh, my feel-good finale is... Rick, I hope you and all of uh, my fellow can our fellow Canadian team members and listeners and fans and followers had a spectacular Victoria Day long weekend this past weekend, um, and I'm wishing all of uh, my fellow Americans a very happy and healthy long Memorial Day weekend this coming weekend. Well, and be safe. Please be safe. And for hockey fans, I mean, they cover both sides. They should just celebrate both. I think so. I think so too. Who doesn't want two long weekends yeah. in a row? Yeah. I'm sign me up for that. I'm already on the dual Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I Thanksgiving practice Thanksgiving in October and then Thanksgiving again in November. I'm all on board for two turkey dinners. So why not have a couple of back to back long weekends? I think it's good. Have turkey. You could. Mm-hmm. Just combine them all into one <laughs> gigantic holiday and um, you know. No, you got to have a barbecue. You do. You have to have a barbecue. Burgers. Mm-hmm. Burgers, please. All right. Well, enjoy your long weekend if that's coming up for you. Uh, otherwise, enjoy the playoffs. Uh, it's been exciting action. We'll see what uh, all the teams have in store for us in the next few days. And we know we've got a great show in store for you right here on the Press Zone next Tuesday. So we will see you back here then. 
click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.